Welcome to episode 94 of the Farm Exec Podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, Senior Editor of Farm Exec Magazine, here along with my co-host, Assistant Editor Miranda Schmalfus. Farm Exec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. On this week's episode, Miranda and I have the pleasure of speaking with Amy Kraus, Senior Vice President and Chief People Officer, and Kristen Yurima, Chief Commercial Officer of Atero Biotherapeutics. Amy and Kristen talk about gender diversity in the C-suite and how that can benefit a company both internally and externally. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll be right back with Amy and Kristen. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truesterumntwk.com. Hello, podcasters. Today, Miranda and I will be interviewing Amy Krauss, Senior Vice President and Chief People Officer, and Kristen Yurima, Chief Commercial Officer of Atara Biotherapeutics. Amy and Kristen are here to discuss women in leadership positions in pharma and the effects of a gender-diverse company. Thanks for joining us today, Amy and Kristen. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Elaine. It's, it's really great to be here. Atara's leadership bench and board are composed of one-third women. What's it like to be part of such a team? Well, it's really inspiring to be part of a leadership team comprised of a third women and certainly special to see the great representation of women that we have on our board of directors. Of course, we are striving for 50-50, so I have to put that out there. I also really appreciate that our women leaders span a range of different functional areas, both on the executive team, our leadership team, and also on the board. So for example, Our board of directors includes a woman who was a drug developer and then more recently has really turned to be a significant investor and entrepreneur. We also have a former CEO and we have a physician scientist in academia. So we see there's not really one model or just one role that women leaders can play. And I think that's very important. And it's important because seeing women in leadership really matters. In my view, It makes for much better dialogue within the company, better culture, and better outcomes. And, you know, I I think we all recognize that the research says this, but to me, it's important that it resonates and it does resonate with me personally, having worked in a number of different settings over the years. I, I feel I've really seen this firsthand. I have to admit, I'm in my third decade in the industry. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of years under the belt already, I guess. And I have seen what it looks like when you are the only woman in the room. The tone of the dialogue is different, which is not to say that it can't be effective, not to say that it can't be good, but it's, at least in my experience, a different level of effort that's required and a, a somewhat different dynamic and tenor in the room. And so at Atara, I really have to credit our CEO, Pascal Touchon, and our board because we have a really concerted effort to focus on our culture overall, which certainly includes gender diversity, other forms of diversity, equity, and and a focus on values. And I think we're really richer for it. It's important to us that we attract and retain the best talent, and we want women to feel welcome 
that they have opportunities, especially for mid-tenure and more junior women. And that's where I think our Atara's Women's Alliance really fits in, where you know our, our women leaders facilitate and really drive showcasing our different experiences, showing that there isn't one path, style, or profile of female leaders. And we make this very visible. So for example, we have a monthly leader profile that's really prominent on our internal homepage. And we're also running a series where our female board members are talking directly to, we call it AWA, AWA members about their own paths and stories. It also comes from a very grassroots, I don't want to get the impression that this is just, you know, just a top-down thing either. Uh, AWA is really a grassroots effort where the women of Atara develop their own programming and tell the leaders what they're looking for and what they want to hear. And so I think programming and efforts, you know, are really us responding to what we're hearing our women tell us we need to do to build that culture and to explain what the career paths and opportunities for them really are. I would also echo what Kristen talked about in terms of our female representation at the board. Look, ATARA really stands out in terms of female representation on our board of directors, not only within our own industry, but beyond. And they are giants in their field and their areas of expertise. And I think that there's no better demonstration of a commitment to women in leadership than when you start from the very top. And that trickles down into the next layers of leadership and throughout the organization. So I'm very proud to be part of an organization that supports women at every level in their career. So Kristen, you kind of touched on this in your previous answer. Have you ever experienced a time in pharma where you felt limited by your gender? And how has that influenced your career? Much earlier in my career, I did have an uncomfortable Me Too type of experience that at the time, I have to say, did lead me to some different choices to change the area that I was working in at the time and find something that was, you know, more favorable. And that was a long time ago, but even more recently at a big company that I was part of well before Atara, you know, I I would be in discussions, big meetings, portfolio review type meetings where, you know, these are very important discussions. You're talking about the future of your products, how you're going to develop them or commercialize them. And at times it would be, you know, maybe around 20 men and and me in the room. So, you know, we're still in a place as an industry where it can be difficult. I'm not going to say it's always difficult, but it can be difficult. And female representation and leaders aren't always there. And, you know, you want to feel you have a voice and you want to be heard. And so now personally, it's very, very important to me to seek out companies like Atara, with diverse and supportive cultures, which is certainly applies to gender for sure, but also uh, racial diversity and even diversity of thinking styles. I think it's really important also from a business perspective, because let's think about our customers. I'm a commercial person. I think about customers a lot. Women still manage the majority of household healthcare spending. Our healthcare professionals are increasingly women. And, you know, it touches even product portfolios too. At at Atara, one of our um, programs is a potentially transformational first-in-kind off-the-shelf cell therapy for multiple sclerosis. And, you know, that's a very serious, terrible disease that affects more women than men. So I feel very strongly that 
having women's voices in the room in these important conversations ultimately gets us to better business outcomes as well. So how does diversity within your company help with commercialization efforts? So I think diversity within Atara has helped tremendously with our commercialization efforts. And I'm so focused on that right now because we're approaching the launch of our very first product, which is something called TabCell. It's an investigational off-the-shelf T-cell therapy for a rare kind of lymphoma that patients can develop after a transplant, solid organ or stem cell transplant. And it can be very fatal for those patients for whom initial treatments don't work. So we're starting to think about that launch and about how we educate physicians, patients, health insurers about how serious this disease is and how new treatments are needed. And it's a product for which there isn't any analog like it on the market today. We can't just use the old commercialization playbook for this product. We have to throw it out the window and start over. So it's important that we have creative thinkers, people who are willing to speak their mind, bring different perspectives, because we need real creativity to make this launch happen and you know some new fresh ideas. And uh, you know I'm very pleased to say that the majority of the leaders associated with this commercialization work are women. And I really need that team to be, you know, wild, vocal, thinking differently. So I think having culture like Atara has built and that AWA fosters has really helped us drive the kinds of new dialogue and new thinking that I need to make that first product launch successful. Amy, as Chief People Officer, what are your goals to grow diversity within Atara, and how do you intend to do that? So like I talked about a little bit before, diversity really starts at the very top and the board from senior leadership, and that commitment starts there. And then also how we define diversity. So diversity can be a range of things of the traditional ways that we think about our, you know, like we talked about today, gender, it could be race, it could be nationality. But at Atara, we think about it in a much broader sense. We're also thinking about the different types of perspectives people bring, their backgrounds. For example, when we recruit, we want to bring people from not only, you know, big pharma, small startups, academia, outside of industry. So we bring, as you know, Kristen talked about, a really a range of diverse perspectives and creativity to kind of bring our treatments to market it. In terms of diversity and what we're doing in our commitment, we have, even as a small startup company, we laid the foundation by putting together, you know, diverse employee resource groups. And the very first one that we started, gosh, I want to say it was as early as late 2017, early 2018, was the, the AWA group that Kristen talked about, and Tara Women's Alliance, starting with just, you know, 15 women. It was really a grassroots effort. It's grown to over 120 members today. That's in an organization that's, you know, nearing 600. So it's a very active group that brings a lot of, I would say, energy around diversity. And we're also continuing to spin up right now an LGBTQIA plus diversity group. We talk about diversity. We talk about the importance. We celebrate it amongst our staff members. And it's something that's really become a fabric of the organization from many different angles. Yeah. And if I may just add to what Amy is saying, I think it's really showing that in our programming and the things that we're doing with staff, that's where it really shines through. So for example, in partnership with the Alliance for Regenerative Medicine, 
we had a commitment to sponsor interns from historically black colleges and universities interested in the life science sector in conjunction with Pride Month. We had an all company interview session with LGBTQIA plus icon Cleve Jones of the AIDS quilt fame. So, you know, we're trying to not just say that we have these ideals or that we're forming X or Y affinity group, we're doing it. And then we're making sure that there are activities and people are engaged and things are happening um, so that we're all really living the culture that we're aspiring to have. So Amy, you started the Ataro Women's Alliance, which you guys talked about a little bit before. What prompted you to do so? Actually, there was really a buzz. Like I talked about before, it was a bit of a grassroots effort. There was a real interest. And so what I did is I reached out to, at the time, our general counsel was a woman and I asked for her sponsorship. Was she willing to take kind of this journey with me and sponsor it? Because look, there's no kind of group that's going to get you know off the ground without some sort of executive sponsorship. So we got that commitment. Also reached out to several women, even outside of the organization that have kind of started groups like this to get their advice, counsel, support, and and advocacy, because I think it's important to have that women's network even outside of the organization, not, you know, not only inside. And then really with a group of about 15 women sat down over the course of a couple of months and said, what do we want this organization to be? Really having a visioning session, created a mission, created a vision, created a complete strategy plan in terms of how we wanted this organization to be formed, what we wanted it to do. We talked about strategic pillars, like wanting the organization to really touch employees, to impact the business, and to really impact the community at large. And that is how uh, the organization was started. There have been, you know, since it got started, really with 15 people, like I said, there's 120 today. There is a governance structure. And the organization is really seeds things in the organization that that need to be done, that should be done. Recently, we had a vision to really bring more women into the STEM field, particularly in in sciences, technology, math, even in in arts as well. We created a collaboration with the Keck Graduate Institute, brought in uh, five women in science into the organization, into our lead development program. So that's been a huge success. Also, I've had women in the AWA group go out to you know, local you know, girls' high schools to talk about careers in, in STEM. And so while we started really focusing on the business and employees and still continue to do that, we're now reaching kind of arms into the community. And it's really satisfying. I, I would even say very proudly that women that have been very active in the AWA organization have really accelerated their personal careers, even kind of outside of their AWA group, the networking uh, that they do throughout the organization, the advocacy that they get, the visibility that they get has just been really great to see and that those women's careers have really been accelerated through their involvement. So what advice do you have for women seeking executive positions within the industry today? So my personal advice would be to, and something I I would say that I probably didn't do a very good job of early on in my career. I, I had a vision that, you know, if I just do a really good job and I work really hard, things are going to just happen. And you know, that is part of the formula. Now that I'm a little bit older and a little bit wiser, I would say to my younger self, it's really, really important to have a mentor, to reach out to women that you admire, that you see as role models, and be unafraid to ask for help to ask for mentorship, to ask for advocacy, and be open to really constructive, sometimes hard advice from those women. And that will really help shape a path 
towards executive leadership. I would absolutely echo what Amy just said, and maybe also, you know, add a, a different theme too, which is, I would also say that we're fundamentally product-based industry, right? Our, our companies need to be delivering new medicines that really make a difference to patients and families and offer value. I think I would counsel women to really take opportunities to get to know and be exposed to and involved with the products that your company is making or is developing. There are many ways to do that. That could be commercializing them, which is what I do, or discovering and then developing them in the clinic, manufacturing them. And don't be shy to ask for those opportunities. And they can exist even where in areas that you may not think of. So let's say, you know, you say, well, yeah, but I'm a finance person. I'm an, an IT person or a, you know, a communications person. Well, ask to work closely with the product teams, invest in learning, you know, what our business really is. And, and the product teams for their part will be incredibly excited, you know, about that because keeping the patient at the center and our mission and our focus that we're really truly trying to serve them And that starts with creating great products that will help them. That's what we're about. And that will create opportunities for you and help you advance and accelerate your career. Amy, Kristen, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been really interesting learning about your experiences rising to the executive level in pharma and how you're supporting diversity and inclusion at Atara and beyond. Thank you. Thanks so much. This has been just terrific. I appreciate you doing this and having us here. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At TrueSterum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. TrueSterum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at TrueSterumNTWK.com. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs. Hi, I'm Amy Krauss, Senior Vice President and Chief People Officer of Atara Biotherapeutics. And my leadership tip is to ask for advocacy, ask for mentorship, and create a robust external network. Hi, I'm Kristen Urema, Chief Commercial Officer of Atara Biotherapeutics. And my leadership tip is listen really, really well to the others around you so you can ask the right questions that can guide your team's or your company's decision-making. And always, always try to hire and work with amazing and talented people. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at Farm Executives and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Farm Exec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mjhlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mjhlifesciences.com.